This week, Android is killing 2G, Sony is maintaining the PlayStation 4, and the CW is looking for a buyer. It's Sunday, January 16th, 2022, and this is episode 615 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, uh, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, uh, through our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, or on our website, plunkitslive.com, thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you'll see, um, you'll be able to chat with us in the studio, give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you're not able to join us live, that's okay as well. You can always go to plunkitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, uh, Plunkit's Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you can find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. All right. It is good to be back, Avram. Uh, for the people who were watching live ahead of time, you heard our story of what happened here in the studio, <laughs> where everything collapsed hours before the show, uh, before CES, which delayed our return this year. Uh, but we're back. We're back. Hooray. Hey. Uh, so how was, how was your, we haven't talked at all. How was your new year? How is, how's everything been going? Uh, quiet, you know, very quiet. We're not going out of the house uh, much these days. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it's been very, very quiet. Uh, big, big tech news in my office, my home office here is that I bought a new mouse for myself, uh, this week. Okay. Uh, and uh, this is the this is this fancy this is a very fancy mouse. This is the Logitech MX Master Three. So, yeah, so, so are you familiar with this one? Alante's got one upstairs. Oh, great! <laughs> so a lot of people, you know, recommended this, and I just I've been using the same Logitech M510 twenty-five dollar mouse for mm-hmm. like ten years. Although I think I replaced it at one point, but it was the same exact thing. And yeah. I liked it a lot, but I wanted to, I don't know, up my mouse game a little bit. So I got this thing and it's pretty neat. Uh, what's what's really cool about, I wish it had more buttons. The side buttons on it actually aren't as good as the cheaper mouse because they're a little bit hard, a little mm-hmm. bit harder to click. And it has a button here that doesn't really do much. Uh, and it's hard to press. But uh, some of the, it has the camera's not angling right. Okay, it has a side wheel, which is pretty cool, which you can configure to do different things. I have it zoom in, zoom out in my nice. browser. The scroll wheel uh, has two modes. It's either ratchet or like smooth, mm-hmm. and it will automatically turn smooth if you are scrolling fast enough. But if that's not good for you, you can just hit this button here and you can change the mode. Uh, the other, th- uh, so I mean, 
it's good. I think there's room for improvement on things like the buttons. The other thing that is good, but room for improvement is this can do three devices, uh, mm -hmm. the two Bluetooth profiles plus the, the dongle it comes with. But in order to switch them, you have to hit this button on the bottom. On the bottom. So, so it's on the bottom. So if you were, you know, doing it a lot, that that would be kind of annoying. And that's one of the things I wanted it for. But on the other hand, they have a model where it's on the top, but it has no other features. Mm -hmm. So I said, uh, how often am I doing this switch back and forth thing? Or would I want to do the switch back and forth thing? Not enough to make it more of a priority than other th stuff, but um, it would be much better if you could, if you could, you know, if you're doing something rapidly. Like I have my laptop over there, and I have my desktop here, and my keyboard can actually do a quick switch. My keyboard mm -hmm. uh, supports um, three Bluetooth profiles, a 2.4 gigahertz, and wired modes. And nice. it's like a second to switch them. So the keyboard can do it. So I wanted to say, hey, I'll have a mouse that can do it too. So that now if I want to just like do something on my laptop, I can do it without moving over and, right. and touching and typing on it. So that's... Um, See, I, so. I just use mouse without borders for that. <laughs> uh, now there is a Logitech software supposedly will do something like that automatically. Like you can treat somehow you can treat the other computer. I guess they have to both be windows or whatever, but you can treat mm -hmm. the, your laptop, my laptop, for example, could act like if I'm dragging the mouse and I drag it off of the screen, it'll just drag onto there. Yeah. Um, so that might be the way to go. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. So, so interestingly, I had an, uh, an MX Max, uh, the first one, <laughs> which I loved, but eventually I wore it out. And I got a two, and it ended up screwing up my hand. Now, I haven't spent a whole lot of time with the three, but I, I ended up having to, to wear a brace on my hand for a while, and I abandoned that oh. mouse. So oh just that would just throw just throwing that out there. I abandoned it and went back to my razor mouse at my desk. Uh, well, <laughs> so far, it's, I mean, my understanding is the ergonomics of them are very similar. But the uh, I almost got the two S, which is a lot cheaper. The two mm -hmm. S is fifty five dollars, and the three is a hundred dollars. Right. But the reason I really wanted to get the three is because. The buttons are here, whereas on the 2S and the original, the buttons are next to the wheel, yeah. and they're on top of each other, which seems a little bit like it would be hard to feel around. So, so I wanted them next to each other. They still don't have as good of a click feel as they should, but it's easy sure. to to find them. Um, I mean, I haven't felt any, any wrist pain or anything. For I, me? For me, it was almost a year before it happened. Okay. I'll keep the eye out. Um, yeah. I am very, I want to tell, say that I'm very studious about having wrist gel rests on mm -hmm. my mouse pad and my keyboard. Uh, I can't live without them. So I hope that, you know, <laughs> I hope that helps. It, it hasn't felt That's uncomfortable to me, but it is more a higher grip than what I have been used to. So right. we'll have. 
And I think we'll, I think we'll maybe that was part of my problem is I had been using my Razer mouse for so long, and my goal was exactly the same as yours. I have, you know, I had my my personal computer and then my work computer, and I wanted to be able to to switch the mouse back and forth, and mm, I ended up going with a KVM switch to be able to do it. Um, but but yeah, I I got that mouse for that purpose to be able to do the the switching between the computers and. Mm -mm. I went back. Logitech has another <laughs> but, one. But that could called be me. The... That could be my, you know, yes. my own oddities. I don't, I'm not trying to throw them under the bus because, again, I loved my MX Max the first, the first gen. I still have it. I killed it, but I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Logitech makes an other mouse that does. I forget what it's called, the Marathon or something, where it it's it's completely shaped differently, and the but the switcher button is on the top. Um, and I thought of getting that, but I was like, oh, but I want to have all these other extra features like the yeah. side wheel and I couldn't get that. So I don't know. Uh, I, I really just wanted to change things up and changing. There's like three things. I'll just leave it with this and we can get started. There's three things that if you change that, if you get an, an upgrade to them are going to really change your computer life and you're going to notice it right away, your monitor, your keyboard and your mouse. Yeah. So, you know, I recently changed my keyboard last year. I, well, 22, late 2020, I changed my monitor setup. So I thought, hey, this could be the time, a good time to change my mouse. So sure. Anyway. Yeah. I, I'll, I can it. say I, I am a fan of it. I love the mouse. <laughs> I just wish that it wasn't screwing with my hand. I'd love to go back to my first gen that didn't do it and see if, see if it worked. But again, you know, it doesn't work anymore. Borrow, borrow Alante's. True. It would yeah. be interesting to see. But we've got a lot of news to talk about tonight. We've been off for a while, so let's get down to business. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, desperately seeking an Xbox, uh, new games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. And remember that current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off of almost anything. Uh, and to browse the products, to see deals that are going on, to learn about the discount, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So they're making a bigger deal. Just this isn't part of our topic, but they're making a bigger deal about the the discount. I was looking for a Surface Pen uh, yesterday, and I saw they're like, "Hey, do you want to see if do you want to see if you qualify for a a student, faculty, or military discount?" No, because I'm not going to. But I appreciate that you're making a bigger deal about it. <laughs> anyway, not talking about new technology, which we just were. <laughs> Let's talk about some old technology, in particular, 2G. Um, in in the U.S., 2G began its end of life in 2003 with the release when Sprint started to transition to 3G. Um, so that's almost 20 years ago. Um, but phones aren't quite aware of that big difference, partially because most phone models are sold 
across the world, right? Very few of them are destined just for the United States or just for you know, the, the big European countries. They go to a lot of places, some of which still use 2G. But the problem is 2G, just like using you know older style uh, web secured Wi-Fi router or something, the security is antiquated. Uh, it has long been broken. It is easy to uh, get around. Uh, the encryption between devices and towers is not great in in you know modern comparison. Um, and so there has become a big problem where somebody will set up a fake 2G uh, cell tower um, and then jam 3, 4, and 5G. Your phone goes looking for 2G, jumps onto this thing, and then it can start uh, you know, packet sniffing because the encryption is not great, get information. Now, is it common? No, but it is becoming more common in, in uh, more high-risk places, Washington, D.C., for example. Um, and so uh, Android and Android 12 released uh, a new feature, which is a kill switch. You can go in and tell your device, do not look for 2G networks anymore. So if you're in the United States or the United Kingdom or, you know, somewhere like that, where 2G has been off for a very long time, we're in the process of shutting down 3G in the United States right now. Um, uh, if you're in a place where 2G doesn't exist, turn it off. Um, it's going to save your battery in places where your reception goes weird because we all know it is prob other than sitting there with the screen on watching something. I think we all know that searching for, for 2G networks is one of the hardest things on a battery because we've all felt our phone get hot in our pockets. Um, so the Electronic Frontier Foundation, which is never what I think EFF stands for, because it definitely seems like that first F should be freedom, and it isn't. Uh, they have obviously praised Google for including this in Android, and they are uh, trying to get Apple to follow suit. I think it's an easy thing to implement, and it seems like a smart thing with these attacks happening more frequently. What do you think, Abram? So they have the option to turn off, or it's off by or it's off by default, or you it's off whether you like it or not. So um, right now, uh, by default, uh, it is on, but the option is in Android 12 and above uh, to to turn it off. Because some countries do still need uh, 2G support. Um, hopefully at some point, um, or maybe even the carriers will implement an auto switch. Um, you know, if you buy your phone from AT&T, they know you're a U.S. user and they'll turn it off by default, perhaps. Uh, but right now it is off. If you're, in, if you're in a country where 2G is long dead, turn it on. Turn that feature on. Get rid of the 2G. So here, here's something that's just, you know, a little aside. So th this month is the 15th anniversary of the original iPhone. Mm -hmm. And the original iPhone was 2G. Yes, it, it ran, was. I think it used Edge. So there, so there you go. If, you're, uh, if, you, if you have an original iPhone, can it even get online? I mean, with Wi-Fi. Without, I mean, not Wi-Fi. Not with Wi-Fi. That's it. I mean, cellular. Yeah. No, it cannot. Not in the United States, it cannot. Because right. the 2G towers are long dead. And in fact, when the first iPhone came out, uh, 
people were already upset that it didn't support 3G because 2G was already not the thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember. I remember. So funny story. When uh, one of the when I the first year I was working for Laptop Mag was uh, right after iPhone had come out and okay. we did a really wacky story where this um, don't try this at home folks uh, where uh, a friend of one of our uh, co-workers friend of Kenneth's actually if you uh, remember him uh, had apparently gone jumped onto the subway tracks to retrieve his iPhone and oh no which I mean, he didn't, he made it, but like we were talking about, <laughs> about what a bad idea that is. And so we interviewed, we interviewed this guy and like asked him, why did you, why did you do it? Was it worth risking your life? Uh, and, and like somebody did an article on like, you know, <laughs> would you risk your life for your iPhone? And uh, I think one of the points was not no because it's two G. So. <laughs> so anyway, okay, that's hilarious. No, because you should no because there's a three G model coming and you, you, it's not worth risking your life for two G two G internet speeds. But uh, and, any <laughs> and that was and that was fifteen years ago. Yes, yes. So. Anyway, it was a very bad idea that his friend did that. In fact, the, of course, I can't name the person, but a few years later, he came back to us and he's like, could you please erase the story from your website? Because um, because it's embarrassing when people Google me and find that I dropped my, I dropped my phone on the subway tracks and then went down to get it. So anyway. <laughs> okay. That's, PSA: If you drop your funny. phone on the subway tracks, uh, ask the go to the tell what is go to the booth and ask them to get it for you. And if they can't or it gets run over, then I'm sorry, but it's pro it's not worth even even the latest even the latest Galaxy Fold is not is not worth your life for sure. Um. That was a fascinating aside, um, but but to to talk about the actual security of two G and this particular problem, while it sounds like it might be um, an obscure one, I can tell you for sure that it's not, because when I was at with Radio Shack, there was a kiosk in the mall who was doing this, and this was this was fifteen years ago. Um, 10, at least 10, uh, there, there was a kiosk in the mall that had a fake 2G repeater and sent inside the mall, like most malls, reception was questionable at best. Um, so why they do it? I guess they were trying to, to get uh, call information. Uh, they, oh, so they... So it was malicious. It was oh, it absolutely, a hundred percent malicious. They got arrested. It was, they weren't trying to do it for a business purpose. No, they got arrested and everything. It was a huge thing. So this this scam's been around for a long time, and now that the technology is gone in most of the West, it's definitely good to have this feature. I think 
I think Apple should follow suit. I think this should be in the next version of iOS for sure to be able to turn radios off. That's you can turn off all data as a whole. Turning off certain spectrums seems like it makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, for one thing, we have it going the other way, right? A lot of times with my Pixel 4a 5G, the 5 T-Mobile 5G is not very good. And mm -hmm. so, at least where I live, it's not. So, very often, I find that when it connects to 5G, I get a slower signal than when it connects to LTE. So, mm -hmm. I've gone in and set it to only connect to 4G. Okay. So, so you can... You can drop from five to four. Why shouldn't you be able to to disable two? Agreed. Yeah, it it totally makes sense. I I think it was a smart move on uh, on Google's part. Good on them. Obviously, uh, obviously, you don't hear me make a whole lot of <laughs> huge positive overtures in. Uh, in Google's direction, but I, but I think in this particular case, uh, it's a hundred percent warranted. I think it's the, I think it's the right move and, uh, they should be applauded for it. And, uh, Apple should be encouraged to follow suit. The good news is that the EFF has made it real easy, uh, to, eh, for lack of a better term, uh, bully them a little bit. Uh, we have a link on the website at plughitslive.com under the upstream. Uh, all you have to do is click the link and it'll open Twitter with a message tagging Apple and the whole nine yards and you can just hit tweet. Um, seems like seems like a good move uh, to protect everybody, especially when, when you consider that it is completely worthless and at the very least it'll save your battery if you're in a really terrible... <laughs> Uh, signal area, you're in an elevator or something, this will save your battery significantly because, like I said, we've all been there. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality plus it's available for almost all of your devices you can get a special price and a 31 day money back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn all right interestingly avram that also would solve the problem with <laughs> with the 2g topic is if you were using a vpn it would encrypt it on a whole different level. Anyway, no. uh, how slow would your connection be if it were both over 2G and <laughs> having to pass through a VPN? <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be great, is my guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to simulate dialing up on a dial up modem, I guess that would be one way. <laughs> Almost certainly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, so CES. I know it's been a little while since we've had some some technical issues and all kinds of other things, but CES was our last big thing. <laughs> yes. So obviously, this was a very sad year. Mm -hmm. uh, we were we were both supposed to go in yep. person, 
and you couldn't go and I couldn't go. Uh, our teams, did you, any of members of your team go? So uh, we had uh, Geek News Central, GNC Week in Review, Talking Sound, and the Tech Ranch all out there, but nobody from the Plugheads team was there. I'm, yeah, it, it was, uh, we were sad not to go. Our company, our parent company made the decision a few weeks ago, but also given the fact that most of the companies that we in, interact with weren't going, yeah. it, we, it, it wasn't really worth it. That being said, we had a freelancer who was going there because of Samsung. He runs a YouTube channel about Samsung stuff. Okay. And so he went and he did some uh, photo and video for us. Nice. So he he did get to see some things. So that was uh, that was pretty neat. So we covered uh, the the best of CES uh, remotely, but I want to point out not just the best of CES, but the most interesting of CES, because I always tell my writers we are in the business of interesting, not necessarily the business of good. Absolutely. So, some, so think. So I will cover things that are interesting and people will say, oh, but I wouldn't buy that. I said, I'm not telling you to buy it. I'm telling you that it's interesting. So uh, so we could talk about what's good, but I'd like to start by talking about some things that are interesting. So there was a really, um, you know, this year, obviously, second year of CES during a pandemic. And so there were definitely some companies trying to sell or talking about uh, air purification or, or protective technologies. And I got a pitch from the small company named Air Cleanse. And Air Cleanse wants to put a filter, a, a HEPA filter into your monitor. They want it so that when you exhale, the your breath will hit the monitor and the monitor will suck in your germs and spit out uh, germless air. Now, there, the company doesn't actually was at the Showstoppers uh, show, which is a nighttime show in CES, and they showed some prototypes that they've made, but they have no one, but they don't make monitors. They don't make air filters. They just want to license the idea of putting an air filter into a into a monitor, and they uh, I had a, a briefing with them before the show, and we talked, and they said, "Yeah, we can put in however many fans, whatever." We're just we're looking for a partner. We're looking, you know, they're hoping to find a company like ViewSonic or LG or Dell or whoever makes monitors and license sure. them the IP of the IP, the idea basically of putting it in your monitor. And they, uh, they demoed their, you know, monitors, which they just had taken off the shelf monitors and put HEPA filters and six fans into them. But, uh, I want to show you just a screen share of what you see on their website. So, uh, so here's their website uh, where they sort of show you, here's a mock-up of what the monitor would look like 
So really it's just like, it's got a bezel around it. And then the bezel sucks in the air as you, that's coming from your mouth, the particles that are coming from your mouth and then spits it out the back. Um, they also want to be able to do the same thing with this docking station for, with a docking station for your laptop. And then they, they don't want to talk about this too much, but they also have some ideas of maybe how you would do the same thing in a classroom by putting a giant box around your laptop or in the school cafeteria. Um, and so what do you think of this? Before I tell you what I think and what I learned when I actually interviewed a real aerosol scientist about it, what do you think of um what do you think of this idea oh i don't think you want to know what i think <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna also pull up our article where we have real pictures of it because uh their website doesn't have actual pictures it's just all mocks right okay but like this is we got the guy um you know our freelancer to go by their booth so he actually got got real photos of it of their demo and you can see the back here it has oh six God. six fans which i think are all 70 cfm um so so anyway uh i spoke uh, to i like i said this is we're in the business of interesting not the business of good i i don't think this is like in the sense that people put air purifiers on their desks and 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 if you wanted to save space by putting the air purifier into something else that's on your desk like the monitor i guess that could be useful but their their claim let me see if i can find the picture that they had so here's the picture that they show where the to sort of demo I don't know why this picture a little bit cracks me up because it looks like she's hurling all the person is hurling all over the monitor screen. I was taking um, a drink just as you scrolled that into view and I almost spit it out because that's I mean, absolutely it, it, what it looks like. I mean, it, it kind of looks, I mean, I mean, I don't know. This is their I, idea, but it, it, to me, it sort of looks like, I don't know, that scene in stand by me where all the kids in the cafeteria are just vomiting. Um, but it's not supposed to be vomit. It's supposed to be exhaled particles. And so they, they hit the, the monitor and indeed the monitor sucks them in. Now there's some inherent problems with this. One is people do not sit at their desk and stare straight ahead at the monitor all day. Um, very true. And they know this and they know this and they said, well, you know, this is just kind of incrementally helps. It may not even be necessarily a solution you know if people are going back to the office and they don't want to wear masks this won't this will be in the conversation but it won't necessarily necessarily replace masking uh and you know the other thing though is i talked to aaron collins who is an aerosol scientist who runs a a fantastic youtube channel I highly recommend his channel where he actually goes and does benchmarks on masks. And he said he was, uh, 
he didn't see that any of the information that they that they published any information that that showed that this would actually work. Although they did do, pay a company to do a computer simulation saying that this could work, um, but he also said, you know, there's a certain amount of buoyancy in your exhaled particles. So unless the fans were really really strong, there's a good chance that a lot of the germs would end up somewhere floating between you, your mouth and the monitor. Um, and of course, that's not even taking into account the fact that you don't look straight ahead, straight, you know, 90 degrees or whatever ahead at your monitor all day long. So how about, how about the fact that we have all trained ourselves at this point to not cough, sneeze, whatever at our monitors so that they don't get sticky and gross. <laughs> Yeah, you know that's that's kind of a good point too. I mean, we don't <laughs> we don't invite people to cough on your monitor. Plus, if it gets on the monitor screen, like we're not worried about the monitor screen. The monitor can't get sick. We're worried about the people in the office, and so you know, yeah, it's basically everything around the monitor that matters. Yeah. So, like I said, an interesting idea. Uh, at the same time, uh, I saw yet another demo from um, UbiTech where they were showing off their, uh, they have a robot that does, uses ultraviolet light to clean, to clean offices and classrooms. Uh, and they, they now have it as an autonomous robot and it'll go around and shine ultraviolet light. I mean, that's another thing that's, that I would say is a little bit, I mean, the science behind that is more is is more solid. Although a lot of there's a lot of people who say the what people really need to worry about is what's in the air, not necessarily sterilizing surfaces. Um, but uh, you know, like I said, interesting, particularly during the same time period where Razor uh, got uh, slapped because. Uh, they were saying that the Zephyr, which I showed on a previous pilch point, uh, had N95 style filters and they really could and people felt that that claim was kind of misleading. And so they have now put up a disclaimer saying, oh, this isn't, you know, we didn't really mean that this is a, that this, that this is designed to protect you from COVID. Although why you would wear it just for the fashion statement and not to protect yourself from COVID is, is a good question. Um, speaking of fashion statements, uh, yes. here's another thing we saw that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, this is a holographic PC case. So it is actually an NZXT case, but this company showcase PC is taking it and they're putting a, an LED a 3d fan. So the way that these things work is, um, and you can see some pictures here of like, it actually has both hologram on the panel. You can get one where it's just on the side panel and one where, or a second one where it's also on the top. Um, but what's kind of cool is if you look at how it is, it's, uh, these devices have been out for a few years now, but never put into a PC case before. Right. Uh, it's a fan. And it, the blade spins around really fast, creating, and it has lights on it, and that creates the illusion of a 3D hologram. 
And there have been a lot of those used in retail for advertising. You can actually buy a standalone holographic fan on Amazon for like 150 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see these days. There's a but, there's uh, a company show, there's a company that we that we interviewed at CES 2017, and then again this year uh, named Kono K O N O. Um, our interview will be up with them. Uh, they they popularized the big ones in Japan uh, a couple of years ago, and it's the exact same technology. And uh, we've we'll have videos this year showing both of these things in action because so, we actually had interviews with both of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the holograms do look pretty cool. Our picture doesn't do. do it justice, and you can put anything, pretty much any animation you want on there, so it doesn't have to be that guy's face uh so here i just wanted to point out real quick our our list of things those two things the hologram and the air cleanse were interesting and i'll say the hologram was actually good uh but they didn't quite make our list of best of this show so a couple of things that did i want to point out are the uh new intel alder lake chips We've seen new Alder Lake desktop chips uh, in the fall, but now Alder Lake is coming to laptops, which means you now have laptops which have a mix of performance cores and and efficiency cores, uh, which means that they can put they can save power, give you longer battery life while giving you better performance. Uh, AMD announced that they're coming out with a new chip that has integrated graphics built in that's going to be. Uh, their fastest integrated graphics chip, uh, the Ryzen 6000. Uh, and skipping ahead for a sec, uh, Lenovo had several interesting things. And we actually did get to see Lenovo in person because instead of going to CES, they came to New York and they had small press briefings. So we went and, and saw them, got some hands-on time with new products. This is the new ThinkPad Z series, which looks pretty cool. It uses AMD processors. It has a a vegan leather uh, lid cover. Uh, it has a haptic touchpad, and wow. it's uh, got a a new bold design. Although, oh, and it has another neat new feature where if you tap on the track point pointing stick. It'll bring up a conferencing menu. Previously, press you could pressing the pointing stick didn't do anything, but they've ch- changed the mechanics so that now it can bring up that software. I don't think the software that it brings up is that exciting, but uh, the idea that it, that you could tap on the on on the pointing stick is pretty and make it do something new is pretty cool. Um, not, I should say, finally, um, not on this list is the think as the ThinkBook Plus. Uh, the ThinkBook Plus Gen 3, I should show that, uh, has a screen integrated into the um, deck, an 8-inch display. So we've seen secondary displays attempted before, but never quite like this. Uh, it, it, it works really well. It, you can use it either to zoom in on part of the screen, as you can see in this picture where it was Adobe Lightroom and you're sort of zoomed in on a piece of it, or you can use it to show your tools for something, for like an Adobe thing, or you can use it as what they call waterfall mode, which means if you're looking at a spreadsheet or something or a web page and it's really long, you can make it the vertical of the page 
uh, of the the content continue on the second screen. Oh. You, it is a touch screen. You can draw on it. You can turn it into a calculator. You can turn. Um, you can use it to quick launch apps, and and it's uh, you know it's it's a really cool cool concept. Uh, it's coming only to this laptop, the ThinkBook, not ThinkPad, the ThinkBook, uh, which ThinkBook is their sort of alternative business laptop line, which doesn't have the same cool keyboard and, and pointing stick as ThinkPad, uh, but it's kind of a neat a neat concept and um, very interesting. But uh, there was a lot to talk about with CES, and so I will just say that uh, check out our best of CES 2022 coverage on Tom's hardware to see more. Yeah, uh, that's okay. So the the Lenovo thing is interesting um, because Alante and I watched the. I want to say it was Asus. Um, who does who does ROG? Asus. Okay. Ha. We we watched their pre CES. Um, press conference, and they showed a laptop that had something similar, but up at the top, um, which was it felt a little uh, touch barry, but not really, only right. because it was huge, and it's so far away. Where this is, I can totally see, and I'm thinking Alante in particular. I can totally see Alante using that as a drawing pad. The bigger oh, screen up the top other thing, and drawing pad on the side. Oh, yeah. he'd lose it for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do that. The the other thing that's interesting is that that pen has a Pantone scanner in it. So if you see a color oh. that you like, you can scan the color, and it's and it'll it'll get scanned into into your screen. So this is definitely made for creative professionals. Yeah. I just wish that it, they had done it as a ThinkPad because the the ThinkBook key keyboard just isn't nearly as good but nevertheless it's an interesting concept and i think they're more willing to take risks on the thinkbook brand than the thinkpad brand so yeah so that's why you're seeing that's why you're seeing this there but it's uh it is neat i mean we've seen many attempts at second screens including asus having some in the in the uh touchpad right where the touchpad could be a second screen but here it's not taking the place of your touchpad, although I guess you could make it take the place of your numpad if you want, because you can. There's no numpad, and you could. I think there's a calculator, and I think there may be a numpad function for it also. But I mean, it, it there's a lot that you can do with it. It seems like it's actually highly functional, and I think the location of it is good. Yeah. I and mean, obviously, for me, the dream would be to have a full size screen that kind of slips out the side of the the lid uh-huh. and and we have seen some attempts to do that by third yeah. party vendors uh but they are all very very clumsy like you stick it on the back uh so i so this is probably the best most practical sec laptop second screen that i've seen yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, I and it's interesting that you mentioned the other style because I got I got pitched a new one of those uh, during CES this year. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's a lot of interesting stuff. We also had um, an interesting collection of things. Um, one of my favorites was a company called Lumalore. 
um, which is uh, essentially an electroluminescent uh, film or paint that can. Uh, they've got they've got big plans for like safety type things, you know, helmets and bikes and scooters and motorcycles, so it can actually be illuminated, but not, you know, with with LEDs and you know, all, it's really interesting technology. And he shows it off on the interview, which is uh, on the website. But I can also see it for branding and stuff once they once they get down uh, the idea of uh, changing colors, which they're working on now. They've got uh, two colors and they're very similar <laughs> currently. Um, but you know their focus is currently on on safety stuff and these are the colors that you'd want for safety. Um, but so there was a company uh, number 33. So <laughs> it's interesting. I know. I know a lot of our interviews by their position in our show. Uh, so uh, this is, I don't know if you saw this. It's a, comp- it's a product called on to cook O N the number two. And then the word cook for anybody who is a fan of 30 rock. <laughs> the show opens with Jack Donaghy talking about the trivection oven. These guys made it. <laughs> it is absolutely the, the concept from 30 Rock, which I find fascinating. Um, but uh, I think they said you can do rice in like three minutes in this thing without it losing its texture like it would if you were trying to do something in the, the microwave and all of that. And it's it's countertop. It's a, it's a fairly small device that you could do a whole meal in. It's really cool. Um, uh, Todd from Geek News Central said uh, that... I, I think it ended this way, uh, that it was his, uh, his favorite product of the show. Hmm. That, that, that is interesting. I am such a non cook that I can't, I can't conceive of that, how that would help me. But if, although cooking rice in three minutes sounds pretty good, right? Without it getting like gross the way it does. If you try and do that, you know, microwave rice or something like that, it gets all, yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. Nothing. It's funny. How long has the microwave been around? It's, the microwave's been around since what? At least the sixties, right? I mean, I think so. It I certainly mean, it gained popularity com- in the like the eighties. Yeah, I mean, eighties is when my family got our first microwave. Me too. But, but I mean, it's right. This is some old technology. When is somebody going to come out with something that something that beats it? this honestly based on what i know about it and from from todd going and doing some some research and i've been on their website a lot this might be it it's it's a cool device i uh it basically can replace a an air fryer and a con- little desktop countertop convection oven and a microwave all in this thing that looks like a big waffle iron from the outside <laughs> Well, that sounds that sounds very interesting. Yeah, I I would love to see. It's probably just science fiction, but I would love to see somebody create a reverse microwave. But I get, but I guess that's not gotta physically tell, possible. Got to tell me what we're talking about because you can't t- possibly be you know, talking about cooking what's outside the microwave. <laughs> no, no, I mean like a reverse microwave that like it's you put something in for a minute and it freezes. Like it's. Instead of heating, it cools. 
Okay, so I got a pitch for a countertop. I don't know if it was, was CES related or not. For a countertop ice tray that can make ice cubes in 90 seconds. Oh, wow. <laughs> 90 seconds. Wow. That, that right? sounds like a response. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do yeah. any research on it. It is, it is starred in my email to go look at later. But, well, we might be there. Um, but the other, the other thing that, uh, that happened, and I know I'm a little biased. They're powering my wall behind me. But uh, the stuff that Illuminescence is doing, they have teamed up with uh, Razer. Uh, all of the Illuminescence stuff is now Chroma compatible. Or will be next month, I think. So uh, you'll be able to, to control them all uh, through Chroma, which means being able to interact with a robust API, which means that theoretically my dream of changing the wall during the show as we change topics. And yes, Alante, <laughs> I, am, I am fully aware, Alante, that it is still in CES colors. Um, <laughs> I forgot to change the wall before the show. Um, <laughs> he says, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we'd be able to have to have the software that runs the show be able to change the colors. And, you know, during the pilch point, it could be green. And uh, when we get into gaming, it would turn red. And I can do that now. Hooray! <laughs> Without a whole lot of work. So, I thought that was pretty cool. But... Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about a lot of cool stuff this year, and I was following along with what you guys were up to. You had a lot going, a lot of interesting stuff going on, too. But uh, one more time, remind people of the website and everything to see all your CES yes. stuff. So to see all of our CES coverage and lots of other coverage, go to tomshardware.com uh, and you will end... You can find you can find it all there. Well, as always, it was I honestly I think this year more even more than normal. It was important to uh, to get coverage from you know Tom's Hardware and your sister sites and all of that uh, because even we weren't there. You know we we had that we get that opportunity to see some stuff that normally we would have seen on the floor, but we couldn't this year. So. I I appreciate it even more than normal this year, Abram. <laughs> and as always, I look forward to what we talk about next time. Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Loot Crate. Whether you're a gamer, anime fan, or pop culture aficionado, Loot Crate has got a crate for you. They curate a bundle of collectibles, apparel, figures, and more that you can't find anywhere else. Crates get delivered to your door. It is like getting an awesome birthday present from yourself every month. To learn more about the crates that are available and any deals that are going on, you can go to f5live.tv slash Loot Crate. All right, so we've talked a lot uh, over the last couple months, 
year or so in particular about the uh, chip shortages, shortages on products, video cards have been uh, heavy hit, cars have been heavy hit. Um, but so of the consoles, we've had uh, we've had some conversations on the show about that. Um, Avram recommended a great uh, a great tool, uh, Hotstock, if you're looking for a console, um, which is how we got ours. Um, but because of all of this, the two big companies, Sony and Microsoft, have taken very different approaches in 2022 <laughs> to their stock shortages. Um, so Microsoft, dating back to 2020 when they released the, uh, the Series X and S hardware, they made the decision to completely abandon the old hardware. Um, we didn't really know, we suspected that they had ended production uh, a while back on the old hardware, and we got confirmation that yes, uh, and in fact, in June of 2020, all but one uh, Xbox One model ended production, um, and that just after the release of the new hardware, they ended the last remaining device, so anything that's out there is legitimately old stock. It is a year and a half uh, past its, its uh, manufacture date, uh, and they did that specifically because they wanted to focus manufacturing efforts, uh, resources, and time on manufacturing the new hardware. Now, Sony, <laughs> this week, we find out, has taken a very different tact, and in fact will be producing an additional 1 million PlayStation 4s in 2022 in an attempt to, uh, to deal with the hardware shortages. I assume they're looking for ca to sell a PS4 to more casual console gamers who aren't part of the ecosystem already and aren't looking for that PS5 upgrade. Um, I don't know, but it sure seems to me, Avram, that if I go out right now and I were to buy a PlayStation 4 today, when, they, when developers inevitably stop releasing games for it, probably in fairly short order, I'd be pretty upset. Yeah, I guess that's what remains to be seen is how long developers are going to continue to support it. I mean, my understanding is that PS4 games will run on PS5, right? So if mm -hmm. you make a PS4 game and somebody... it will, You can say that it's PS4 slash PS5, right? Mm -hmm. So there's some incentive for them to keep uh, to keep making PS4 compatible games. And I mean, there's a lot of games that don't require the added horsepower sure. of a PS5 or an X or an Xbox series X. I, I mean, if you're playing Minecraft, you, I mean, granted now there's RTX and, and ray tracing in, in Minecraft, but if you're playing regular Minecraft, like you don't need, you do not need a PS5. You could do that fine on a PS4. Sure. You can even do that okay on a PS3. So, you know, sure. if you're playing... So a lot of the games that people enjoy are not necessarily... Do not necessarily require the horsepower of the new systems. True. What, what really remains to be seen is whether developer... How long developers keep supporting them. Obviously... Right. There's a, there's a point at which developers stop. So 
you cannot nobody is making new ps3 games anymore right. nobody is making new uh you know xbox 360 games anymore so there so there's although interestingly although, people are still making uh uh super nintendo games on cartridge right, because, today but that's a whole different weirdness but it's, it's probably uh the it's probably because of just all of the um you know nostalgia but but anyway by the way did you see 8-bit christmas you gotta see no. 8-bit christmas okay uh it great uh, really fun movie on hbo max so any, anyway point point being yeah i think this is a, a problem but i guess it depends on what people are willing to pay what they're charging for it because it might be an okay experience for some folks. I mean, 500 bucks is a lot for a console. Yeah. So who's going to fill that niche? Who's going to fill that niche of like sub $300, sub $200? I mean, I don't know what they're charging for it, but who's going to fill that niche of inexpensive console? They're not filling it with a PS5. So yeah. it's, it's understandable. Whereas the Xbox Series S fits Keep that going. niche a bit, right? Absolutely. And that one's more easily available, just like the PS4, because people might be wondering, well, why would they continue to produce the PS4? Aren't they still going to have hardware shortages? Well, because the PS4's uh, uh, chips are not as advanced. They're not as difficult uh, to procure right now. Uh, From the chat, I'm being reminded that um, several games that were announced as PS5 exclusives, uh, Godfall, and uh, the Miles Morales content for the Spider-Man game, uh, they were they were announced as PS5 exclusives, and the the uh, developers were forced to uh, to create PS4 backward ports uh, for it because of the hardware shortages. So it it makes sense. I mean, if if it's you or, or me, and we're thinking about oh, we want to be in the latest generation. We would say, oh, let's spend the five hundred dollars. But for a lot of people, these older consoles are perfectly good. Yeah, they're they're perfectly good. So coincidentally, I had an Xbox One X sitting sitting around. It's it, it, it's been passed around our company. Like, so <laughs> I I remember I was at like it's it's done a complete. I had. One time I went to, uh, you know, to the Microsoft conference and Mike and Microsoft gave everybody an Xbox, an Xbox, Xbox one. And I came back and I said, I have no use for this. And it's really not fair for me to keep it just to play with. So I gave it to Cherie, who is, who was using it for game testing and was playing games on it. Eventually she gave it to Andrew. Who had, who played with it for a while, for several years? Then he said to me, "Hey, I got, I've got this, the new Xbox One X. I'm getting rid of this thing. Perhaps your son would like to play with it." So he gave. So I got back the Xbox uh, One that I got from Microsoft like many many years ago. It was the original yeah. Xbox One, not that was the. And then that was the one from Build, right? From Build, right? And then. <laughs> Uh, but I maybe used it a, a few times. My son just wasn't into it. 
he he loves his switch and he likes to play on pc so a few weeks ago i'm a member of a facebook group where people give away stuff that they're no longer using and uh, a woman came on and said like i just got a new home and my kids we have nothing for christmas like does anybody have anything so i contacted her and we gave her a whole bunch of stuff but one thing i gave them was like hey have the xbox xbox one so now it's found another new home and that's awesome uh, we gave it to we gave it to this family but but anyway it's thinking about it like i i don't feel like i gave them a like i could have given them that or i could have given them my old ps3 which i'm also getting rid of and i gave them that because it's like the the graphics on that are pretty still really pretty good yeah for sure i i use my i use my one fairly frequently i mean i have a series x as well but i do i do still use the one i've got um yeah multiple multiple locations within the office uh to use them uh but yeah i mean the the older hardware is great my fear you know when it when it comes to buying a brand new one my fear is you know if you're buying it you don't quite understand what what's happening you know if you're a, a casual gamer you don't understand what's happening you may not understand that it is technically end of life right and then at some point and there are some big games that were already supposed to not be available to the ps4 and we're only a year in right and there's going to be more and more of that over time. The but the PS3 to PS4 transition was almost three years. So there, I mean, there are a couple of solid good years and possibly more with uh, with all of the shortages. Just people should be be aware, right, of what's happening. Yes, you can go buy a brand new PS4. They're making a million additional ones, possibly not for every market because. Uh, the PlayStation 2 wasn't officially discontinued for Brazil until the PlayStation 4 came out, which I still find fascinating. Uh, um, so, but you know, you if you have a PS2 game, you can't play it. It's supposedly you can play it correct. on an original PS3, but it. The but first I, That's what, and that's what I have, and I tried it, and it didn't necessarily always work properly. So. Uh -huh. It wasn't great. You know, it was supposed to work, but it was never great. And there was a there was an OS update at one point that kind of nerfed the feature. Right. So it is it is tough if you have a game that you want to play and not all games make make it to the current generation. For example, right. I had two PS2 games that I absolutely loved. I they uh, Godzilla destroy all monsters. Mm -hmm. And Godzilla, I think, saved the Earth. Or I had like two Godzilla games, which were the graphics were great. You could fight your friends as any of the Godzilla monsters, and like the graphics were fantastic. I love those games. That's why we got the PS2 was so that my wife and I could play that game. Mm -hmm. And like once we upgraded to PS3, it didn't quite work. And now there's like those games are lost to time. You can't. Yeah you know, you can't play them. So absolutely. And you know, I've got uh, yeah, Microsoft's big pitch for the Xbox one was that, you know, there was going to be this huge backwards compatibility to the 360. It wasn't going to be everything, but it was going to be a lot of stuff. And they were constantly adding new things. I have three games, regular games in my high profile, two of them uh, in my library that were never 
were never ported. They were never made available on the Xbox One. So I, I have my Xbox 360 for that. <laughs> so, yeah. There's, there's, definitely, there's definitely a place in the market for it. Certainly uh, for a period of time. And uh, seems like seems like Sony recognizes that and they're going to uh, continue producing it which which is both interesting and certainly in this transition time uh, understandable This week's news from the Tubes and F5 Live is probably powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, and it actively blocks threats like worms, rogues, dialers, trojans, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price right now, you can go to f5live.tv slash malwarebytes. All right, a little bit of an update on a story we've uh, been been keeping keeping our eye on. It's the, uh, the Federal Trade Commission's uh, antitrust suit against uh, Facebook slash Meta. When the initial suit was filed, the company was called Facebook, and obviously it's changed names since then. Um, so the filing is a little interesting, uh, back and forth this week, a, um, a federal, nope, U.S. district judge, um, has ironically dismissed Facebook's, uh, request for dismissal (laughs) of the case. Uh, they have said that the, the, um, the FTC has pitched enough information uh, enough evidence uh, in its filing that the case uh, is at least valid uh, and should be heard this is the second time that uh, this case has been uh, put forth in this court in front of this judge uh, the first time the motion to dismiss was granted um, but the judge uh, suggested that the FTC uh, to use an old colloquialism sharpened its pencil uh he basically said that uh the way it was filed was poor it did not uh provide enough information but that they certainly had um enough background information to suggest that they were right so um that's where we are now um facebook also tried to argue that because the um one of the members of the Federal Trade Commission, um, whose name has escaped my mind, uh, uh, the chair, Lena Khan, had been involved in uh, cases with the company in her uh, prosecuting days that she should be recused, and the judge said, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. So... <laughs> Um, it, it looks like it looks like this case is going to go forward. Um, their big argument is something that we've talked about on this show for like a decade now. Uh, in particular, it was the purchase of Instagram that um, that that raised their ears. Um, they they made the purchase during what was supposed to be their quiet period uh, before their IPO. Um, the SEC. 
request that companies kind of calm themselves before an IPO so that investors know what it is that they're buying into. And Facebook went and spent over a billion dollars to buy Instagram. Um, there had been talk at the time that it was over fear that uh, Twitter might be interested in them. Um, but Zuckerberg himself said later that um, that the company had feared that that uh, Instagram was going to implement features that was going to uh, damage Facebook's position in the market. And that uh, WhatsApp was the next thing that they were afraid of. So he kind of admitted that they were doing a buy and bury kind of a scheme, uh, which is exactly what this case is about. So well, it's going to be interesting. Did they bury them? I mean, they, they didn't really bury them. They're, no, they've they're still but, bit, they're still. but they they've brought a lot of the features both into Facebook and started integrating stuff behind the scenes, right? Like um, Facebook nice. and Instagram from the, the business manager. I can post to both of them with a single post, not share content between them like you used to be able to do with Instagram. You know, you go in, you post your picture, and today also share it on Facebook. There is one, one UI to post to both for businesses uh, the chat between WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook are all uh, unified behind the scenes now. There's been a lot of, like, we're sucking things into Facebook, um, which uh, the chat stuff is when when uh, the FTC really decided that they needed to, needed to act. Now, the judge has been very clear about the fact that, you know, this isn't a done deal. I'm just... The court's ready to hear the case. We're, I'm not saying that Facebook has done anything wrong. Just that enough information has been uh, presented to to hear the case. Um, so we don't currently have a, a timeline on when the, the hearing will start. But uh, but it will it will be happening at this point unless some settlement is made behind the scenes and I can... I can all but guarantee neither the FTC nor Facebook are interested in making a settlement. <laughs> so, yeah, what could the outcome possibly be? I mean, can the government force Facebook to sell Instagram to sell Instagram again or sell WhatsApp? I don't know. Um, I don't know what what uh, outcome they're looking for um, when it comes to an antitrust suit. All kinds of things uh, can come of it. You know, there was the there was the attempt to split Microsoft up at one point, you know, in the nineties or yeah. Um, so that might be what they, what they attempt here is to, to force them to, to spin Instagram and or WhatsApp back off to their own things. I think that they will deal with now that, now that they've been given permission to have the case heard, I think now they're going to try and decide what it is that they're looking for. Um, they've been really tight-lipped on it, uh, on what outcome they're hoping for. Um, they might also have been waiting to hear what the j judge's response was to gauge what they thought they might be able to to ask for in damages. So, I don't know. It's definitely going to be an interesting thing to follow because clearly, clearly these things take time, right? The Microsoft case went on seemingly for hundred years and the 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 Google Oracle case was what ten and a half years uh, so you know big cases are not short-lived 
we're just at the beginning of this and we will definitely be keeping an eye on it as time goes on. This week's DRM Not Included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know you get free shipping, but you get a whole lot more as well. Free music with Amazon Prime Music. Uh, free TV movies and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video. Uh, free games, which is awesome, and a free subscription on Twitch to financially support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming. And of course, there are a whole lot more features than just that. Uh, to find out about some of our favorites, to get quick links to those features, uh, as well as a 30-day free trial if you're not a member, uh, you can go to f5live.tv slash prime. All right, so... The streaming wars <laughs> seem to be expanding outside of just streaming services, Avram. We've been talking about this seemingly forever. Um, everybody wants to have a streaming service, and it seems like more and more people don't want uh, linear television. The current target of this is the CW. Uh, the network as it exists today has been around for about 16 years. In 2006, uh, UPN and the WB merged into a single network. Um, C for CBS and W for Warner Brothers. Um, but in that time, things have changed. <laughs> CBS merged with Viacom um, to, to create a whole big company with a pretty strong focus um, on secondary content um, on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, time Warner, Warner Brothers, has, it seems like every week, uh, the structure of that is getting mixed up. Uh, it's currently the media arm of AT&T, but is likely to be part of Discovery in the near future. So what does that mean? Who knows? Um, so these companies that currently own this network together are kind of looking to get out of it. Um, they've got a couple of interested parties. But the one that for me is the most interesting is a company that you've almost certainly interacted with and had no idea um, and have maybe not heard the name. Um, it's, a, it's a company called um, Nextar, N-E-X-S-T-A-R. They own 199 local affiliates um, around the country. Here in the Tampa area, they own our NBC affiliate. Um, but in a number of major markets, such as New York, <laughs> where Avram is, uh, L.A., Dallas, uh, Washington, D.C., they actually own the CW affiliates. Um, but they also own two big brands. Um, they own uh, News Nation, which is not Newsmax. Uh, uh, News Nation is the former WGN, which became a news network after they bought uh, the station. And they also uh, own The Hill, which is another uh, news-focused um, online publication. And they're currently interested in the CW. But, I don't know. I The big stuff on the CW is all is mostly DC-owned properties, right, Avram? So if 
Warner yeah. that owns DC sells its stake. Yeah, this could be this could be a real problem. Yeah. I mean, I I'm I'm really sad about this because my wife and I watch a lot of those shows. So uh-huh. uh we we uh we love Batwoman, you know, we're a little bit behind on the other show on Flash. we are DVR like we're about a little bit behind on Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Uh but you know, we we watch all those shows, and then of course, there's there is a there is a brand for like there are shows where people say, "Hey, this is like a CW show." So like, uh-huh. yes, there is all these DC shows of which there's about five or six currently running, but then with at least one more in, some, in development right now, right? But then besides that, there's just you know there are certain types of shows that are like, "Hey." this is a CW type of show. So like actually Riverdale would also, I guess count as a DC show because Archie comics is made by DC. So, so even more, but like, you know, you see certain shows, you're like, Oh yeah, this, this feels like a CW show. And I mean, I admit, I like the CW. I like, I like their show. Most of their shows, uh, most of the traditional television I still watch is CW. So, I, I'm I'm very concerned about what's going to happen to these shows. It's like I can foresee a situation where if the WB no longer, if Warner Brothers no longer has ownership, I should say the WB, if Warner Brothers no longer has ownership in the CW, then I can see them pulling their content sort of like Marvel wasn't very happy with Netflix uh-huh. making Marvel shows. I mean, at first they were like, great, we can make some money licensing this to Netflix. Yeah. And then, hey, wait a second, now we want to do our own thing. Well, we we know WB is already doing its own thing. It's called HBO Max. Uh-huh. But my guess is that they probably wouldn't bring... I mean, by the way, you can watch all the CW shows on HBO Max. So... Uh-huh. And on Netflix, like Netflix gets them and HBO Max gets them. I, I think they both certain, uh, certain ones, uh, new properties uh, will not be going to Netflix. Right. So anyway, I don't know. Like, well, you know, will the would these shows continue now? I mean, ideally, I think so if they, I think they'd go into HBO Max personally. I mean, because. A lot of people are saying, well, some of these shows have been around. Maybe they'll just cancel them all. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd like them not to. Uh, I think it would be actually would be kind of cool if they took advantage of the fact that it was HBO Max and, you know, made it a little bit more adult and, uh, and interesting. But, I, you know, I really, I really enjoy those shows. So I hope. Uh, I hope they find a way to keep it going. Obviously, if they pull all those shows, CW does the CW network doesn't have a lot of value. Right. I mean, I guess if you want to own affiliate stuff, it has value. But I mean, what what programming are they going to show? Is Next Star going to show if they right. can't show any of that stuff? Exactly, and that's that's the question, right? What what is the future for what is currently known as the CW? You know, when they bought WGN, nobody expected News Nation. To, I certainly didn't, and I watched that whole transition. I was not prepared for, um, 
I was not prepared for that odd transition um, of WGN, you know, that kind of grew its name on Bozo the Clown becoming a 24-hour news station. Not not expected. Um, So they might have a plan, but, you know, the broadcast television is different than cable television, right? Because you've got FCC licenses, you've got... All this stuff, unless you have news. Oh, but they do have news because they have News Nation, right? I, I don't. They they might have a plan, <laughs> but it might come down to negotiations. You know, when when Disney bought, I think what is now called Fox Studios, um, uh, they didn't get the Fox Network. But the Fox Network still runs all of the old Fox Studios stuff, right? Uh, News Corp right. still I mean, owns can... the network, and ABC now owns the content. Um, and things have continued 100% business as usual there. So it might be the same case here, just reversed, where the network is up for sale, but the content continues business as usual we have no idea yeah yeah i mean i guess if i were on the other hand one might argue that as much as i enjoy the content the ratings on these shows have never been very good the cw has has not been profitable in over a decade so perhaps next star will say hey this wasn't profitable anyway we can just Mm-hmm. You know, we can just start start over again. Although it begs the question, why even buy it? I mean, they already have all these networks. Couldn't they just pull out of being an affiliate and start their own content that way? I don't know. <laughs> I so, don't. I don't know what they're up to. The, this would is a company that has been CW. Almost certainly not. Right. I mean, unless unless they're keeping the CW content, maybe they get the ability to keep the the name the license for the name, but almost certainly that name would change seemingly immediately because I think everybody knows that the C is for CBS and the W is for Warner. Uh, so right. I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting situation. Um, we're also early days here. Um, they haven't been talking terribly publicly about what's going on. Um, but my guess is if it's to the point where there's information out in the wild about who the bidders are, they're far enough into... Because they, apparently they've been considering this for two years. Um, and they've been in negotiations for... They've been in, in talks, not necessarily negotiations, but talks for months. Um, so that does mean they're further along than just... You know the the original uh, you know Sprint wants to buy T-Mobile conversations that we had, where it was like somebody in a pink shirt showed up at Sprint's headquarters, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, this is far enough along that that you know they're saying we've been thinking about it for two years and we've been having conversations for months." So something might happen faster than than uh, than I'm expecting. Who knows? But it, right now, it is definitely a big black box. Well, 
that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We had a pretty active chat tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, if you didn't join us live and would like to in the future, Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us, or you can find us on Twitch or YouTube. Those are your best places to go um, and, and join us over there. You can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback. We'd love it. Um, you know, there was conversation about how this might affect the cinematic universe, which might or might not matter since they do seem to have a, a, a firewall between the two right now. Um, so, you know, there's lots of stuff going on and the chat is a great place uh, to, to give us your feedback. Uh, if you can't do that, that is okay. Plunkitslive.com slash subscribe. All of our shows are there. All of our content is there and you can find all of the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Um, our CES interviews are being posted now. There's a ton of them uh, coming. I believe 63 uh, full interviews plus uh, some floor content and um, our National Technology Day um, partnership, which was the coolest thing. I don't know if you got to see that, Abram. That was the coolest thing. Thursday of the Thursday of CES was National Technology Day with our good friends over at the national day calendar um and we got to uh to do a partnership that day we had two stages uh two live studios back and forth it was really cool um plus our studio here it's the first time we've ever done anything like it and we're going to do more of it in the future uh so all of that stuff is is coming over the next uh probably two and a half weeks so check that out as well and with that on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we will see you back next time. Ciao.